It's time to get educated on your Second Amendment rights. Welcome to two full hours of Gun Owners Radio. Your hosts, Dave Stahl, Joe Dramisi, and Michael Schwartz will teach you about firearms, self-defense, and the laws that affect your rights to keep and bear arms. Visit GunOwnersRadio.com with questions to learn how to become a sponsor of Gun Owners Radio and get involved. Together, we will win. Now here's your hosts, Dave Stahl, Joe Dramisi, and Michael Schwartz on The Answer San Diego. All right, folks. Hey, welcome to Gun Owners Radio, FM 96.1, AM 1170. The Answer. All right. We are so proud to have John Dillon and the Dillon Law Group as a show sponsor. And did you know Dillon Law is one of the attorneys on the miller Bontes case? Yes. And if you have legal matters that involve firearms, then you need to call our attorney, John Dillon, especially if you have questions about red flag laws, gun registration, gun transportation, or maybe you need to know that your guns are California compliant. Call our trusted firearms attorney, John Dillon. John Dillon specializes in California gun law. Call 760-642-7150 or visit his website at dillonlawgp.com and tune into the YouTube live stream at youtube.com slash gunownersradio. Like and share and tell as many friends as you can. Awesome. Here we are. What's up, Joe? How's it going, man? It's going great. Having a uh, wonderful day here. Wonderful weekend. Oh, you must have went was, shooting. Uh, no, I was teaching all day yesterday, so did a concealed carry class yesterday. So um, How did it go? It, it was great. We had 20 people in there, so uh, another another 20 people out there getting a concealed carry permit. They were all brand new? Um, all no, it, it's usually splits about half and half. Usually there's, like out of 20 people, probably eight or nine were, um, were coming back for renewals, and then the rest were new. Nice. That's CCW USA, right? Yes, it is. The famous Bill DC's uh, school. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Melissa, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Welcome back to the studio. It's always lovely Thank to you. see you. I was gone last weekend, but Where were I'm you? back. I was at. You allowed to tell us? Yes. I was a photographer for um, Fieldcraft Survival. They had like four oh. classes here, so I did photography for his classes. What, what, are, they, what are they survive? What, what are we teaching survival from? <laughs> it was like um, a gunfighter, pistol one, pistol two, mm. and they. Oh, I took the um, no light, low light class. Mm. That was fun. And then What'd you um, learn? that I hate using a flashlight while yeah. shooting a gun, like holding it because I have such small hands. So it's really hard for me to manipulate. And how they, they do that cigar thing where they put the flashlight, they put the flashlight like right here. Right. I can't do that because I have, I have such small hands. So, so many things you could say about that. <laughs> I was going to ask you which, which technique <laughs> you went with with the flashlight. So I held it my chest. Was, this was like the easiest. And then I held it FBI style like out here. Um, that was the easiest. And then I used the one on my pistol, the m- mounted weapon light. Okay. And did that you, was the best. Did you find with the FBI style, when I did that, I found that on the first shot, my arm is way up there. But by the time I get to like the fifth or sixth round, my arm is way down by my face again. <laughs> it, yeah, it does that. It's called being out of shape. That's <laughs> uh, called not the way that Joe should do it. I, right. Either either along the jawline or or that I forget what they call the other one where you're doing it with. Uh, yeah, like a wrist, like yeah, bent like that. That was weird too. I didn't like that one either. <laughs> the so. uh, the uh, pressed up against your temple. You guys learned that one. No. Amazingly, yeah, we did kind of the draw. But, yeah, or, or yeah. up against your up against your head what? anywhere. Really? Yeah, amazingly uh, comfortable, because you end up like when you're here, when you have it off, when you're when you're holding it separate from your body, you know, FBI style up, 
you know, you have it doesn't have any reference. So your flashlight's going a hundred ways, your head's going a hundred ways, your gun's going a hundred ways. But if you put the flashlight up against your head, it it's wherever turn, you look. Yeah, it's wherever you look. You know, with me, the, the flashlight's going to end up there anyway. So <laughs> might as well start there. Was there just take some duct tape and put it around <laughs> your head and tape the? Was thing there around. a myth, a low light myth that you you know, or something you'd always thought to be true that was busted by taking a low light class? Um, not really. I kind of knew the, the common sense, like keep the light off of you because if they can see that light, it comes directly straight to you. So your location is always exposed. So when you shoot, just flash it on real quick, shoot, and then take it off. You know, I always knew that, but doing it on the move in a completely pitch black, dark, you know, range, it was way different. And then I had to weave in and out of targets and walk forward and then walk backwards too. So it was... It was intense. I can't walk backwards like when the light's on. So, <laughs> what'd you think of the flash there in the dark? I thought it was pretty cool, and in fact, I thought I was like, "Man, I should have gotten like pictures of this." That light your target up for you? Yeah, briefly. Uh, it, <laughs> yeah, very briefly. But like, it's it was nice to have. Like I said, the mounted weapon light was the best choice for me, and because I have small hands, I have to have that extended controls on it. Even the extended controls that I had on that light was still not long enough for my thumb. I had to take my, my um, support hand off a master grip just to reach it with mm. my thumb. So there's lots of things I learned. My Mine was, when I took low light training, the first thing I figured out was this whole, you don't want a light that's too bright because it'll splash and blah, 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 blah. Totally untrue. There's zero truth to that. Anyone that says that does not know what they're talking about. I want a million lumens if I can get a million lumens. It's there's no such so thing too. as a flashlight that's too bright. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Because like you can use that light as a weapon itself because you can blind somebody with it. Blinded by the light. Exactly. Yeah. Isn't that a song? Revved up like a. What does he say there? Like a deuce on the loose. Is that what? Like a something on the loose. <laughs> on, another runner in the night. Uh, what was that? Is that what it was? Yeah, that's not one of my favorite Springsteen songs. But and then that that other one that who's that other terrible band that did that and. The uh, Manfred Mann band or something? No, I know who you're talking about. You guys it was, are uh, aging yourselves right now. I thought now. it was Dylan, though. Isn't it originally? No, that's a... a uh, didn't he do a version of it? Blinded by the Light? No, oh, he may have done it. No, I, I doubt if he'd done a version. That's a Springsteen Or did he song. write it? Did he nah, write it? Nah, nah, nah. We're going to check that on the commercial. This is old guy stuff. It's a Springsteen See, if song. If Brandon was here, we would get that information immediately. That's right. true. Or Brendan. Either the, or either Brandon, one. that's what what, Brandon or Brendan. Either <laughs> one of those guys would have got it. So we had, uh, we've got a couple minutes before we go to, uh, I was going to say vacation, but I meant commercial, uh, two very cool things, San Diego County Gun Owners and APAGOA, which stands for? Asian Pacific American Gun Owners Association. That's right. Both submitted amicus briefs. Yes. For the carry case. What was what was uh, APAGOA's based on? Um, ours is based on um, the rise in violence in, for Asian Americans and how we do need firearms to protect ourselves and this is a case that's coming out of new york yes new york city has a significant asian population absolutely it so does. the Big uh, one. the idea that uh um that they would need to you know protect themselves is is extremely relevant to the city of new york now this is a direct carry case that's going to the supreme court and uh ours was based san diego county gun owners it was actually san diego county gun owners orange county gun owners and Riverside County gun owners combined with a couple other groups that um, the amicus brief has to do with. It just talked about the the historical aspect of of carrying. You know, what did it mean to carry 200 years ago, and mm. what what was happening in you know 1790 when when they were writing the Second Amendment and uh, uh, 
you know, that sort of thing. So well, we're very proud. That's huge. It's a big deal. Isn't the Asian population huge in the United States? It's not just big. It's huge. Yeah, especially like in the New York City area, San Francisco, San Francisco LA. Bay Area. The, well, that's a lot. Like, San Diego. That's where a lot of Go the crimes are happening. Go to Mira Mesa. Oh my goodness, yes, Mira Mesa. I mean, it's it's a community. You know, I mean, it, the whole the whole area is Asian Pacific, which I think is great. I mean, I used to teach up there, but yeah, no, it's well, show show me a, a communist country, and I'll show you a huge population uh, in the United States. Yeah, no <laughs> kidding. So, yeah, they're, you know, but. I'm really proud of us for doing something like that. I think it's awesome. It it's, is awesome. I think it's taken a little longer than it should, to be honest with you. I know it, unfortunately, it, 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 it had, it's happening because of violence, which just goes to show you, you don't want to push you folks in a corner for very long, then you're going to end up getting hurt. And you guys have only been around for like a month, and you already have yeah, an, like an amicus brief going yeah. to the Supreme Court. Hey, that's that's a feat right there. How that's pretty that? good. Yeah, I'm really Who, proud of us. Who's behind this? Um, we just have like a founding board members, just four of us, and also Top Shot Chris, or Chris Chang, um, winner of um, Top didn't, Shot. Didn't we have him on? You did a couple times, yeah. actually. Yes, yeah, so guy. he's our advisor and one of our board members as well. So he was the one who kind of headed that. Mm-hmm. So don't forget August. What's the date? Oh no, it just oh, fell out of my head. Our our our, our picnic. Won't well, forget that one. I know. Oh, <laughs> don't Jeez. ask me. Having, anyway, keep an eye on our website and our Facebook page and your email. Wendy will know for our summer picnic in August. It's going to be at Mike's Barbecue in Escondido. Oh, and I know, Mikey. It, yeah, it's it's taking place of all the meetings. So is uh, going to be at his location. Yeah, on August eighteenth. I did it. Oh, August eighteenth. Yeah. August eighteenth. Hey, uh, you know what? So I, there, were, so there's no monthly meetings that month. It's just the picnic. Everybody come to the picnic. I might, because Mike, I do a lot with Mike for you know car shows and stuff. Yep. That'd be a good reason to get him on KUS. I think so. But stay tuned. We're actually going to interview the sheriff here. We didn't get the music. Yeah, we so did. We got to go to the no music. What happened? Go to the commercial. He probably thought it should have been. <laughs> responsibly on ah, the radio. That's, oh, there you go. That's the one that'll get you didn't stuck have in to your do head. One, two, three, either. <laughs> All right, folks. I was hey, waiting stay- for the right time. Oh, Perfect. I see. So stay tuned. PCW month, and we're going to talk to the L.A. County Sheriff, Alex Villanova, on FM 961 AM 1170. The answer. All right, folks. Welcome back to Gun Owners Radio, FM 961 AM 1170. The answer. So Sheriff Alex Villanueva will be on the line to talk about CCWs in L.A. County. But first, self-defense and emergencies can happen to anyone, and there's no guarantee that the justice system will be on your side. So gun owners should have coverage for the legal battle after your self-defense battle. While you protect your family and property, U.S. Law Shield is here to defend you 24-7, 365 days a year with a comprehensive self-defense coverage at an affordable price. Bad guys don't take days off, and neither does our coverage. Guess what, gun owner radio listeners? You can get a free T-shirt when you join. Just use promo code GUNOWNERSRADIO at uslawshield.com. All right. Well, we're just hanging in there uh, before Sheriff Alex Villanueva from L.A. County calls in. But in the meantime, why don't you gonna give us a little promo? Well, so the idea is, of course, we're very, very focused on uh, elected officials, especially locally elected officials, uh, people at the county level and below. There's a lot of a lot of emphasis. People people tend to 
um, focus too much, in my opinion, on who's in Congress and who's in Sacramento and who's in the White House. Um, and it's frustrating because there's almost nothing you can do about that. Uh, you know, there are hundreds of thousands of people who get to vote for, for people, you know, for who gets to go to Congress, um, to at least tens of thousands, sometimes, yeah, hundreds of thousands who get to vote for the Assembly and State Senate, um, and tens of millions who get to vote for president. So how much say do you actually get in those cases? Yeah, see, and that was one of the great things I learned from you, actually, after getting involved here, because um, how much of a difference you can make, you can actually sway things locally. I mean, if we look at, like, the supervisors, Joel Anderson won by, what, 250 votes. Dustin Trotter and Santee won by five votes on the city council. So, um, you know, you can really make a difference uh, at that local level. And the local level is important for, again, the things that, that I learned from you, <laughs> um, that a lot of the people in Sacramento and then beyond in Washington started out locally. They started out on, on school boards, on city councils. And if you could stop some of these bad ones locally, maybe you never see them up there doing damage in Sacramento. The other thing is with uh, locally, you get the bad, the wrong people in office. They cause a lot of problems for, for gun shops, for gun owners, for ranges, just locally. There's a lot of um, harassing things they can do with fees and licenses and things like that. Yeah. So, um, I mean, how many before a couple of years ago, how many people had actually heard of the, the county board of supervisors before COVID? I'll, I'll say before COVID. How many people had actually heard of the County Board of Supervisors or knew what they did? Probably very few. Yeah. One of the reasons people have heard of the County Board now is because they totally screwed everything up and destroyed all <laughs> yeah, kinds of exactly. businesses. And and that's because we got the wrong people on there. You know, they were pretty quiet. They weren't great. You know, Diane Jacob, not great. No. You but know, I mean, not at least not Greg hurting Cox, people like yeah, we have now. You know, they were just so, they were kind of lame. Um, but they weren't really, you know, they didn't do a whole lot right, but they didn't do much wrong. They just kind of were there. Ron Roberts. Real quiet, collecting a check. Yeah, Bill Horn's good dude. Um, but uh, anyway, they were there for decades, and you didn't really hear about much. And, you know, as as critical as, as I just was of them, maybe that's that's the best kind of politician is mm -hmm. someone you don't really hear much about because they just yeah, kind of fill potholes and, you know. What good are they? Well, so, so someone we do hear a lot from is Nathan Fletcher, and he's on the County Board of Supervisors, and that guy shows just about he, you know, every symptom of a sociopath that there is. Right. I mean, we hear a lot about from him, but it, none of it's good, and he's not very, very good at his job. It was actually really horrible with this whole um, uh, COVID thing. He, uh, he, of course, you know, um, you know, had the uh, at first when when COVID first started in February, um, he was out in uh, uh you know at different asian restaurants telling everybody that it's ridiculous the only way you can get this thing is if you go to china and that people need to come out and and uh you know um go to restaurants and and stop well, you know acting ridiculous Pelosi did the same thing she did do the same thing i think that it was connected i think that they were they, were, they, they you well know, when one says it they all say it and then he's the one that was you know well gee we got to shut everything down you know above and beyond what everybody else is doing and it's not based on science you know if you go to a restaurant as long as you're eating and drinking at the same time, you won't catch COVID. But if you're just drinking, then well, it's yeah, like, then you're it's like standing COVID. on the wet sand as opposed to standing on the dry sand at the right. beach. COVID yeah. knows. Yeah, you can't and, sit down. If well, you sit down, you'll get. I've well, never heard of that before. No, no, they oh, came yeah, out yeah. of the rule. Yeah, that was from L.A. I think. Yeah, uh, you could not. Yep. Dry and, sand and white sand was different. Right. Wow. <laughs> you couldn't sit on the dry sand, but you were okay if you were walking on the wet sand. Right. Jeez. 
So that's why it's important. That's why we wanted to talk. We're actually going to talk to the sheriff of uh, L.A. County because he was starting might to- Might be working. Talk, maybe, he's, maybe, he's on, maybe he's on the job. Maybe. Um, what a concept. He was going to call in and talk to us about how he's issuing CCWs, which is you know a good thing. Um, well, and I don't think he's enacting the mask rule, is he? No, well, he said he they weren't going to expand. Enforce. He said it really politically nicely too, I think, because <laughs> um, he said they weren't go- he wasn't going to expend manpower enforcing the new mask mandate in L.A. Um, simply because he said, and he got in the fact that they're they're understaffed and underfunded, and that's one thing they just don't have the people to do. They're going to focus on doing other things. Well, from what I've read, you know, and this is mostly headlines. Um, what I've read is uh, uh, that they, you know, a few years ago when they had those huge fires in L.A. Um, that, uh, you know, the county board decided that they didn't like the way the sheriff ran things, and they started um, kind of clamping down on him. He was upset with the, D- the DA. They, they um, elected this new DA who said, hey, I'm not going to prosecute mm-hmm. like anybody, um, you know, no matter what the crime is. I'm, I'm going to, uh, you know, uh, err on the side of not prosecuting. And when you're the main, you know, the head law enforcement officer of a county, especially one the size of L.A., and your guys are catching people, and uh, you know, and they're just being let right out, and they're not being prosecuted. It's frustrating, I'm sure. Well, and that's that's the thing about law enforcement too. I mean, what you know, those guys have to live with those bad policy decisions, and it, it goes beyond frustrating. It becomes dangerous now for them, and because they're they're thrust into that, and they're they're risking their their safety and their lives to catch these people. And then you know, they bring them to jail. They don't get prosecuted. They get let right out. Uh, the ones that are in prison get let out, um, and it's and they're seeing the effects of that now, in the uh, in the areas where they're doing that because you're seeing it in the cities, and you know controlled by a certain party, and um, you just you're seeing the effects. You're seeing the skyrocketing crime. We're even seeing it here in San Diego. We have a spike in crime now, and um, you know bad crime, dude, violent crime. It. Yes, and there's reasons for it, mm-hmm. and it's not guns. <laughs> yeah, it, you know I'm not a I'm a listen. I, one of the reasons I liked Trump when he was in office, I was he was uh, making huge steps towards criminal justice reform. Mm-hmm. I'm a fan of reforming criminal justice. I think Without that doubt. too many people are getting arrested for too many things. Um, you know, I think the the drug war has uh, or war on drugs, whatever you call it, has done more harm than good. Yeah. But putting a sheriff of you know i think it's the largest county most populated county in the united states in the position of hey look here here are laws that we passed then we're gonna we're enforcing them but then the da is not enforcing them and you know some of them are violent criminals you know that's ridiculous that's ridiculous well, but you have the effects too you've all seen the videos there of people shoplifting yeah since they've ri- they've uh what have they they've nine, raised nine hundred and i think it's 950 dollars. it's a it's a misdemeanor up yeah. to that so it's not worth doing anything and these people know this and they're just blatantly going in and and you know just taking with uh, a calculator bags full of stuff yeah and it's you know and it's something that giuliani did years ago when he first got uh, became mayor in new york his, what was it, the broken windows approach to things? Yeah. If you prosecute those little crimes and clear up those little crimes, it has an impact on, on the uh, bigger crimes, on the worst ones. And uh, he was able to clean up New York quite a bit. And now they say New York today is is pretty much back to how it was before he was in office um, with all and, the violent and crime. A, there's actually a debate about that, too, as far as the uh, the broken window theory. Um, people who are generally on the right think, yeah, it's, it's of course you arrest people that are breaking crime or that are committing crimes and 
you know, whatever the crime is. And then if and, and that if you do take the people committing crime off the streets, even for small crimes, bigger crimes won't get committed right. and other people will get the message. The other side says, hey, wait a minute. Th- these this this concept is what led to like stop and frisk, where mm-hmm. if you just if you're a police officer and you just don't like the way someone looks, you're allowed to go stop and frisk them for no reason, which is, a you know, I, I think in a lot of cases is easily made uh, to be or, or can e- the case can easily be made that that's a Fourth Amendment violation. But it's hard to argue uh, with what Joe just said was that New York was uh, showed a huge improvement when it came to um, uh, crime reduction. Well, 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 again, just if you just take the stop and frisk thing, for instance, I mean, with police officers, when they work in a neighborhood and they're in a high crime neighborhood, I mean, they know who the gang people are. They know who commits the crimes. You know, what they can prove and what they can't prove are different things. But if you look at Chicago, um, God, I just saw they're, they're breaking records again for shootings up there and, and uh, killings with um, guns or gun-related stuff. And, um, you know, if, if the police are free to stop people that they know almost certainly are carrying or that they know are gang members, then, you know, if the gang members can't carry like that without the risk of being stopped, then they can't just shoot people at will like they're doing out there. Cause it's, I mean, it's a war zone and it's, and it's not all over Chicago. It's in certain areas. If you look at, um, when, um, what's his name? Uh, it was Dr. Lott, John, John Lott, yeah. um, did a study on that, produced it a couple of years ago, violence in all the counties around America. You could see even in the worst places, even in Chicago, even in LA, it's restricted to a small number of counties the uh, the vast amount of counties in LA are, are relatively free of violent crime, or they have very low violent crime and murders. Um, same thing in Chicago. If you look at his map, the way he mapped it out, it's a handful of little counties all clustered. The rest of the counties, you know, the murder rates are very low or, or non-existent. Yeah, yeah. yeah there really were counties that had one or zero uh, murders in that well, year. It's but striking. All it, all it takes is what's happening in New York. You know, now that they're shooting in these high-end areas, now it's an issue. Everybody's up in arms. That'd be just like if you, you know, if, if somebody shot up the French Laundry, you don't think the criminals wouldn't be taken off the street because <laughs> you can't. Go, they don't want them in their neighborhood. Yeah. Well, and another thing too with the the police, um, you know, with the current environment. I mean, if they're not actively policing and they're hesitant to do that, sure, because their agencies don't back them up. There's a lot of risk. Um, they yeah. just don't. Yeah. All right, we're gonna take a quick break, and. Next, don't touch that dial. We got a whole lot more right here on FM 961 AM 1170. The answer. All right, folks, welcome back. You're listening to Gun Owners Radio right here on FM 961 AM 1170. The answer. Blackhound Optics, accurate, affordable, guaranteed sporting optics that you go the distance. Backed by customer service that goes that extra mile. Great guys, great product, and a great company that is making optics affordable. On top of quality optics, they pay close attention to the customer experience. Did you know their scopes come with mounts so you don't have to worry about finding one that fits? We are so excited to have them on as an official partner of the show and for them or ask for them at your local gun store or find them online at blackhoundoptics.com. So we're supposed to be talking to L.A. County Sheriff Villanueva, but he has not called in yet. So we're gonna uh, we're gonna talk a little bit about what we were going to talk to him about. So he said that uh, this was back in April. Uh, he issued 585 licenses. 335 are about to be issued, 
and he, they'd received 2,162 applications, which means that their department has issued more CCWs than the last three sheriffs combined. <laughs> and, uh, you know, from what my understanding is there's only two people. There's two ladies that are running the, the licensing division up in L.A., and they're pretty inundated and overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. Um, they were actually at our Joe when we went up to that CCW yeah. up in Vacaville. L.A. County <clears throat> was there, represented, and um, so it's interesting that they've changed this policy after decades. And I think a lot of ways they're just kind of following suit um, with uh, you know I mean San Diego went to federal court and still didn't change their policy, and they finally changed their policy, but. It seems like he's kind of gotten into this. He, being the sheriff of LA County, has kind of gotten into this this contest with uh, the county board that determines his budget, and then the DA that chooses not to prosecute the the folks that he's arresting. And I, it feels like he's probably trying to appeal to a new voter crowd. Mm-hmm. You know that if walking you, that thin fine line. Yeah, try saying, well, all right, geez, if there's people, there are people that voted for the DA, there are people that voted for these county board folks. I need to, you know, if they're if they decide that they don't like me because they're going, they they like the DA or the county board, I need to go find new voters. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's a huge block of voters. If his challenge will be getting the word out, because uh, you know it says they have uh, what twenty one hundred and sixty two applications now, and um, you know one, that's one of the biggest things we see here. I mean, we've been doing this for what the better part of four years or so. Yeah. And, and I still have people come up to me and tell me it's impossible to get a, uh, a concealed carry permit in San Diego. And in LA, I, I think it's just like San Diego used to be. I mean, it's, you just can't do it unless, uh, you know, you're politically connected or something. And I think people become what's uh, John Dillon's term for it is uh, institutionalized mm. from the Shawshank Redemption, where he's saying we, we've been abused. I'm not crazy. Well, no, no, no. He's saying that gun owners out here have been abused for so long, you know, in terms of their rights that, OK, they just accept all this stuff now and, and nobody cares. But um, if uh, the sheriff can figure out a way to get the word out up there, um, they're going to have many, many more than twenty one hundred and sixty two applicants out there. Yeah, well, and I think it sounds like it's real. All the feedback I've gotten um, from people that have actually, you know, people that aren't famous or judges, you know, or district attorneys who've gotten CCWs through his new project uh, process, it sounds legitimate. But it also sounds like they're they're uh, you know experiencing growing pains. Have they have they shaved their times down under fourteen months yet? Or uh... well, that would be a real good question for the sheriff uh, if he had <laughs> called heard in that, huh? like uh, he confirmed he was going to on. Friday so I don't know but it is an interesting tactic and it is honestly it's a um, it's kind of a little bit of evidence at least that the the tide's changing we talked about this last week how you know we, we kind of take two steps forward and one step back and a lot of people get all grumpy and mad and frustrated because not everything goes their way um, but uh, the reality is the second amendment the fight for the second amendment to preserve and and restore the Second Amendment, especially in California, we're going the right direction. So when the L.A. County Sheriff thinks that it is politically advantageous for him to issue CCWs in order for him to get elected, that is a good sign. Yeah, and I think the other thing, too, we talked about last week is, you know, we have kind of a skewed view out here of, um, you know, what the attitude is towards the Second Amendment and, and guns and everything around the country. Because um, pretty much the country is, um, you know, with the exception of, what, seven states or six or seven states, um, pretty much the country is pretty pro-Second Amendment and pro-firearms. I mean, if you look at the way the um, concealed carry 
um, stuff has been growing across the country in the last, you know, 10, 20 years. Uh, the number of um, constitutional carry states now, the, the way uh, gun sales are still thriving now. Um, you know, I mean, the people in the United States, it, it's pretty much pro-Second Amendment, pro-gun. It just doesn't seem that way because, you know, of all the negative stuff you get from the, the party that's in power now and from the media and that kind of thing. It's true. Even in California, if you could take out, it's really San Francisco, San Jose, L.A. Um, you know, if you could take those three places and remove them, California would be. Yeah, it's like warts. <laughs> you just yeah, get rid of just, them. Just sink them into the Pacific Ocean uh, and uh, displace all the people. I don't know. Send them out on a on a, an enormous yacht or something. I don't know. But the, that without those voters. California would actually be a fairly pro-Second Amendment state. And there's actually a lot of really cool, uh, you know, it's got a really great Second Amendment history. But as far as our actual carry laws, when, when you do get a CCW, so our, our laws that, inv- are, that are involved in carrying, as well as the legalities of lethal force, our state's really, really good. You know, even compared with some of the other states that people would normally think of as pro-Second Amendment. Like Texas used to have some pretty bad uh, lethal force uh, uh, um, laws. Do you remember that video of that lady? Uh, I can't remember her name. From Luby's? Yes. Uh, yeah. Where did that take place? Yes. I wrote about that. Right. Took place in Texas. Took yeah. place in Texas. What was the What was the gist? The gist she, there was she was a chiropractor, yep. and um, some friends of hers, you know, for concern, they sh- they showed her how to shoot, and she was carrying, but it wasn't. Um, legal back then at that point. So she had the firearm with her, uh, but she left it in her car in her purse, and she, she went into a restaurant. She was meeting her, her parents. Because she couldn't carry it in the restaurant friends. was the reason she left yeah, it she, Well, she didn't want to take a chance carrying it. So, I mean, she had it with her. She left it in the car. She didn't want to bring it in with her. So they had some fairly restrictive laws as far as carrying in Texas. Everybody, you know, oh, my gosh, not well, Texas. Well, yeah. the second part of that story, though, yeah, is while she, while she was in the restaurant, um, some nut drove through the windows and his pickup truck got out and started shooting people. Two of the people that were killed were her parents. Right. And you know, she, and that's, and she wrote a book about that. She became a Congresswoman actually from Texas. She testified before uh, Congress about it. And you know, the, her, the gist of it was if, if not for that law, she had, could have had the gun with her right. and she was 10 feet away from the guy. She said she could have done something. But it's never been illegal, to my knowledge, at least in the last 30 years, it's never been illegal in California to carry in a restaurant. You can't carry in a bar, but it's never been illegal to carry in a restaurant. So a lot of the carry laws in California are actually pretty good. Um, when people were getting all excited about uh, you know, Castle Doctrine and uh, um, uh, Standard Ground, um, California has a really, really strong Castle Doctrine type law where basically if you're in your house and someone has broken in, it's assumed they're not there to bake you a birthday cake. You know, if they broke into your home, they it's it's assumed, hey, this person is here to do me severe harm. Mm-hmm. And Cal- California has uh, fairly strong laws uh, when it when it when it comes to that. And as far as um, uh, stand your ground, it's not stand your ground exactly, but you don't have a, the the duty to retreat in California. You never have to. You've never had to, I should say. And I, I think what it is is that California used to be a really really you know, strong constitutional, you know, Ronald Reagan state. Um, and when they started changing gun laws, they didn't, they didn't really mess with, they're not smart. They don't really know what, they don't really know what they're doing. So they're no. just banning guns. Um, but the Carolinas, you know, not that bad in California. 
So once you get your CCW, <laughs> it's actually not that bad carrying in California. Mm-hmm. So we were hoping to, like I said, talk to him about what his well. Don't they have to have signage on a building state, and you can't carry at their at your at that? Well, that's another thing that's interesting in California because that those signs like that you might see at Starbucks or something, um, they don't carry the weight of the law. You don't really have to pay any attention to those, if because uh, you're yeah. concealed. Concealed means concealed. Mm-hmm. So if they do, if somebody in there does see for some reason you've got a gun and they ask you to leave, you have to leave. But like in uh, Arizona, for instance, surprisingly, those signs mean something, and you you can't violate that sign if if it's posted, it's posted. They have rules; it can't just be a little cartoon sign. It's got to be a certain way. But um, it has the weight of law behind it in Arizona, which is interesting. You wouldn't think you wouldn't think they would be that way, and then we're the opposite way out here. But that's how it is. So there's another perfect example. Everybody thinks you know Arizona is the land of milk and honey when it comes to guns, and that hey, we should all just go there and all our problems are solved. Ooh. You know, that's another example. I, what I mean. What kind of state gives, you know, a restaurant owner the ability to, uh, you know, basically it's sanctioned Second Amendment limitations? I mean, that's ridiculous. Now, everybody has the, if you're a private property owner, everybody has the right to say, hey, you can't be on my property, you know, beat it. But as far as saying, hey, it's now, I'm saying, I'm stating it's illegal for you to have a gun here. Come on. Mm-hmm. Come on. <clears throat> so... Um, I guess just what I'm what I'm trying to say is it's not all black and white, and uh, the California you know does have some positives, and you know hopefully uh, you know we're going the right way. There are far more sheriffs in California that issue than don't. Far more. That's true. Lot. Yeah, people don't realize too because what do we have? Fifty eight counties, yep. I think, and most of them issue, and most of them issue, I believe, on just um, personal defense or self defense. Um, you know, I mean, everybody has the good cause requirement that comes from the state, but. The sheriffs have a lot of latitude as to what they accept for good cause. And I think from what I hear, a lot of them accept you want to defend yourself. It's a good cause. Yeah, well, many of them. if they get those laws and they eliminate them, it's your fault. <laughs> I know. You're listening. <laughs> you guys talk about it? Yeah, we you let the cat out of the up. bag here, right? <laughs> yeah, you just brought it up, and they're all going, hey, did you know that? No, I didn't know that. Did you know? Let's look that up. Son of a gun, he's right. Well, if they come after him, it's, it's your me. fault. It's mark, me. Yeah. Mark my words here. Well, I'm not the only person to talk about yeah, but you're on air. Well, I'm not the only one on air to talk about. Well, that's true, too. But, I mean, just saying the, it's because uh, you said, I have to agree with you 100%. They, they're ignorant as to what they're doing. They just really don't know. All they know is they want to eliminate guns, and they don't want you to own them. That's right. all they know. Right. Crazy. So, if it's getting better in L.A., I think that that is uh, proof positive that it's getting better throughout the entire state. Boy, isn't that the truth. Because out of 58, I, honestly, I, I'd have to go look at the map, but I think there's seriously only about eight counties that are truly difficult. I'm not even sure that's true. It only anymore. takes one or two to stir the pot. That's the problem. Yeah, well, the, the big one was, uh, the big. I think, the big two were Orange County and, and San Diego. Mm-hmm. Um, Orange started issuing and, and kind of showed, hey, this is how you can do it and still comply with California law. And then San Diego to do such a huge 180 mm. of, hey, we're not issuing, and now, hey, we're proud of our issuing. That was, yeah. that was a big part, That's too. Huge. All right, we're going to take a quick break. A lot more Second Amendment conversation in the next segment. Just don't go anywhere. This is Gun Owners Radio, FM 96.1, AM 1170. The answer. All right, folks, welcome back to Gun Owners Radio, FM 96.1. AM 1170. The answer. Are you tired of your money going to big tech companies 
with First Amendment issues like Amazon, Google, and Apple? Well, check out the free speech alternative, conservativeeconomy.com slash gunownersradio. You can shop electronics, home goods, office products, and something you won't find on Amazon, guns. And there's a lot more. When you shop at Conservative Economy, you also help Gun Owner Radio. Just go to conservativeeconomy.com slash gunownersradio. That's conservativeeconomy.com slash gunownersradio. So, okay, back so, to the topic. So speaking of the of sheriffs, by the way, Melissa and I were at a very cool event last week where who do we who do we get to hang out with? Sheriff Chad Bianco. Yeah, what'd you think? He is a really nice guy. And I said to Mike, I'm like, I wish we had a sheriff like that. <laughs> Didn't want to say it too loud, but yeah, he is a really great guy. And he actually encouraged everybody um, at the two-year anniversary of uh, Riverside County Gun Owners. Yep. Um, that get your CCW. He actually said to everybody, please get your CCW. Apply. If you haven't, do it. And I'm like, we need somebody like that. Yeah, it was cool. It was the two-year anniversary of Riverside County Gun Owners Day. We had a well, big party. I wasn't invited. You were invited? I was not. I told Melissa, invite Dave. Did you not? I just threw her under the bus. Yeah, he threw me <laughs> underneath the bus right there, Dave. I know. I know. <laughs> Story of my life. But no. But you're at, I mean, we talked off, off air, you know, that I had heard a gentleman state that, you know, an armed society is a polite society. Yeah. And I think that that really struck with me. It really, really did. Because What do you like about it? Just the fact that if everybody was armed, yeah. do you think a criminal is going to go in and start, you know, trying to hijack people? And, you know, I, I, I think it's, it's the right thing to do. Because when you really look at the statistics, how many law-abiding citizens are involved in crime. Well, I mean, they are, yeah. but I mean, it's a very low number compared to the hardened criminal that's, you know, dealing drugs or whatever the case may be. It, it's the it's the career. I think what you're saying the is career the career criminal. criminal. That's right. It's it's you know somebody who's made a career, or made a lifestyle out of crime. Right. They're the ones that are you know. They're not going to change their ways. Not only are they not going to change their ways, but they're the ones that are. Yeah, you know, causing ninety percent of the problems. So well, let's go fix that problem and and leave the law-abiding citizens alone. Well, see, and that was one of the issues too. With we were talking about a little bit earlier with, um, you know, people like the uh, the district attorney up in L.A. You know, letting people out and them not prosecuting people. And I can't remember the exact stat, but it, it's upwards of seventy-five percent, I think, of of crime are committed by career criminals. It's it's the people that are in prison that you you let out early or you refuse to prosecute. Uh, they're coming back out and they're just doing it again. And that's uh, you know another thing that contributes to these uh, this crime wave. I think that they're finally now starting to talk about that's been going on in the cities. Well, it's because they're Melissa looked too right close. at me when you said crime wave. She looked right at me like I'm <laughs> like I'm the one out there. <laughs> It is a legit crime wave too. I no, mean, it is. It's like like well, because uh, they have free reign. They know they can get away with it, and it's violent crime. It's like homicides are up double digit percentage year over year. So all the people they hated and they knew they couldn't do anything about it, <laughs> they still hate them. Now I can take them out because I'm not gonna. I mean, well, well, again, look at New York. Three, three murder cases just dropped just because the prosecutor didn't show up, and then she, of course, she quit. But I mean. But there's, but it's like, okay, well, you're gonna go after him now, but no, they just drop the cases. Well, and I think it's, it's too if you're if you're not gonna prosecute criminals, 
Yeah, and we were talking a little bit about the whole broken window theory. Um, if you're not going to prosecute a criminal who's doing something, you know, fairly destructive, mm-hmm. um, you know, and and you keep that person out in the street, not only do you have the people that were already going to murder people that year, but now you have the people that should have been in jail anyway, and they're going to murder people that year because, you know, they they uh, they got away with with armed robbery, they right. got away with. Uh, uh, you know, stealing your, your car. Well, look at the break-ins. Look, I mean, I watched a video where it showed these guys walking down the street, blowing windows out of people's car and grabbing their stuff out. Jeez. I mean, there was like eight cars in a row. And they weren't running. They weren't in a panic. They were very politely blowing the window out, reaching in, getting purses, suitcases, whatever the case may be. And there were eight cars in a row. There's a. I wish I could remember the movie. It's, it's a couple brothers. I know the movie. I think it's called like Hell and High Water, or something like that. It's a couple brothers who decide to rob a bank in I know, Texas. Yeah, I know the you know what I'm talking about? about. Yeah. And one of the first banks they go into, they basically get shot. All shot. There's up. an old an old guy in there. Yeah, you know, with a gun. And they and they made <laughs> the comment. They were leaving, and they made the comment. You know, they were trying to get away, and they made the, one of the brothers said to the other. Uh, Something along the lines of, yeah, it sure is a lot more complicated with all these CCW holders or something like that. It was, which I thought was a, that was a great comment, a great for, comment. for Hollywood. <laughs> you noticed it didn't get an Oscar. <laughs> yeah, there was no Oscar final. Now, a good movie, though, with a twist at the end. But, um, yeah, I can't What was the name? Did you remember the name of that movie? I'll have to look it up. I well, think it was called, like, Hell and High Water, something like that. Something like that, yeah. It wasn't Red Dawn. It was no. not. Definitely not Red Dawn. <laughs> he knows Red Dawn. He knows the script. <laughs> But yeah, just talking about that stuff, I think that with the the crime and everything, it's just a um, it's just a bunch of little things adding up. Again, not not wanting to keep career criminals in jail, not wanting to prosecute people for minor crimes. Because but why not? Well, I don't get it. Why not? Well, because again, are it's they going to pr- be voters? Well, my my personal opinion, they want them to be voters for one. They want people to vote from prison. But uh, again, it's a philosophy. It's a, it's a strategy from a certain political party that just pushes that stuff. And, you know, if like what you were just talking about, smashing windows, stealing stuff out of cars, okay, kind of a minor crime. All right, we're not going to prosecute that one. And But then now you leave those people that are prone to that kind of behavior out there, and they just escalate. They do more after that. And on top of that, you're doing things that are keeping police from wanting to proactively work. And, you know, all of that just adds up to, you know, to produce what we're seeing now, I so think. So, Joe, they go by <laughs> your truck. They blow your windows out and take mo- about three or four of your firearms. That's oh. not going to bother you? They wouldn't find that. They'd take junk in my truck. But I'm just saying, let's in say there. you were going to the range. And yeah, of course it would bother me. It. Well, and, But there's nothing you can do. Well, <laughs> that's not the answer. I would be I, I agree livid. with you. I had a toolbox, a stupid toolbox with some hand tools. And to this day, if I ever catch the guy. Yeah, but see, that's back to your polite society. That's, that's why an armed society is man. polite. Because you can't, I don't. I don't want to go live where not, those people have to live. <laughs> I'm not polite. I don't want to go to prison. I'm not polite because I can't carry. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just. Uh. All right, everybody, you have a homework assignment. Go, go see the movie Hell or High Water, <laughs> 2016's Hell or High Water, starring Chris Pine, Jeff Bridges, and Ben Foster. Chris Pine is, of how, course, how old is Jeff. This movie? Jeff, 2016. It's okay. not that old. Jeff Bridges is the the. The cop in the movie, right? Yep. I remember right. Oh, yeah. he's not one of the goofy brothers. No, no, no. It seems like he'd be one of the goofy brothers. They're thinking Quaid. Well, he's old now. <laughs> he's old now, right? Yeah. Jeff, oh, Jeff, yeah. Jeff Bridges is he's now Bo Bridges' he's age. Dirt old. <laughs> he is dirt old. <laughs>
You know Chris Pine? Okay, so Chris Pine's the guy. You know who Chris, of course, yeah. Melissa knows who Chris Pine is, right? Mm-hmm. So Chris Pine's a good-looking dude, right? He is very good-looking. So yeah. he's uh, he's uh, Captain Kirk in the, in the new Star Trek movies, right? Mm-hmm. You know his dad was that dude in Chips? Um, there's uh, only two, Eric Estrada? Or, no, uh, like, like their supervisor. <laughs> the yeah, yeah, yeah. That was oh. his dad, their supervisor. His <laughs> last name was Pine as well. That's how you can tell. But anyway. Little movie trivia there for you. Okay, so I have a story about Kirst Pine, like a memory that I will forever be burned in my head. Uh-oh. I went to um, uh, David Chong's house for a Christmas party one time when I worked there. Yeah. And he had a beautiful big Christmas tree, and then on the tree was like a picture of Chris Pine, like his face. Yeah. I'm like, why do you have a picture of Chris Pine? He was like, Chris Chris Pine tree. And yeah. I'm like, oh, it's a Chris Pine tree. It's a Chris Pine tree. I'm oh, like, oh this my guy. god, <laughs> I know. <laughs> Yeah, that's yeah. Chris Pine. Well, at least it wasn't a Star Trek tree. There was a uh, one of the guys I used to ski patrol with. It was a big Star Trek nut, and his Christmas tree every year was decorated with Star Trek stuff and uh, little <laughs> little enterprises and from all the other shows and stuff. And his his wife actually let him do it, which is nerd. Uh, interesting (laughs) so it could have been worse (laughs) so riverside county gun owners uh, had their big two anniversary uh every year now they've had sheriff bianco come he was uh in our kickoff two years ago he was there last year at our one year anniversary he was on zoom with us we actually did a little trivia contest on guns that he won by the way did you get invited joe I don't think so, but I gotta, I'll gotta. i go back and check my stuff I'm from just Melissa. Checking. Since I didn't get invited, I guess Melissa didn't <laughs> just invite you Everybody's going to blame me today. It's fine. The, uh, it blame Melissa. So he was there on the two-year, and he was there. Uh, two two things that happened. One sad, one happy. The happy thing is Riverside County gun owners uh, voted to endorse Sheriff Chad Bianco. He's running for office. So they voted to endorse him. He doesn't have any opponents yet, but we're hoping – that if everybody jumps in early, that he won't have an, op- uh, an opponent and he can just uh, continue to be sheriff and not have to worry about that. And then the sad thing is Karen Wood, the executive director for Riverside County Gun Owners, her husband got a big promotion and they're moving out of state. Oh, bummer. So I miss you, Karen. Can't so you just stay? That's what I was trying. I was like introducing her to guys. You know, yeah. I'm like, hey, she come to your house. Like, how connected are you to this Ask her if she husband? Cooks. No, she no, come no. to your house and cook. I am so happy for them. Uh, it's a great opportunity. Uh, her husband's worked so hard. He out of state, great promotion, out of state. Maybe, she, um, maybe can she start something out there? Well, we're, we're kind of chatting about that, but but for now, um, we're gonna have to. Everybody's gonna have to pull a little bit harder um, because they lost uh, an, an enormous, uh, enormously efficient, effective worker. Karen, we're going to miss you. Good luck on on everything. Mm-hmm. And uh, Riverside County Gun Owners, we're going to keep rolling. She signed up. We looked, and she was, uh, the, uh, she was on staff for just over a year, less than a year and a half, something like 15 months, something like that. And they are up to, uh, let's see, they had 61 members when she started. And they're already up. They're closing in on 300. She 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 signed up over 200 members, um, working part time and helping with San Bernardino County Gunners. She is a superstar. Absolutely, can't thank you enough, Karen. All right, hey, we're going to take a quick break, but stick around. The next segment we have Joe Jermisi talking about your carry gun, and I'm assuming that's a blog. It is a blog. Oh, that's right. That's outstanding. It says blog. This is gu- no, it doesn't. <laughs> This is Gun Owners Radio, FM 961 AM 
Welcome back to Hour 2 of Gun Owners Radio with your hosts, Dave Stahl, Joe Germisi, and Michael Schwartz. Visit GunOwnersRadio.com with your questions and comments or to learn how to become a sponsor of the show. Time to get involved and get active. Together, we will win. Now here's Dave, Joe, and Michael on The Answer San Diego. Hi, folks. Welcome back to Gun Owners Radio, FM 961. AM 1170. The answer. There's a higher level of scrutiny when it comes to your carry gun versus a hunting competition or even just a range toy. We're going to talk about it. But first, maybe you've heard of Mike Lindell and My Pillow. Well, his company was banned because he stood against the cancel culture mob. What happened to My Pillow is not right. Our freedom of speech is just as important as our freedom of self defense. We are thrilled to support and a American company like MyPillow. Go to MyPillow.com and use promo code FREEMARKET3 and you can get up to a 66% off America's best pillow. Get a great night's sleep and enjoy the satisfaction of supporting companies fighting against cancel culture. That's MyPillow.com and use promo code FREEMARKET3. All right, Joe, what do you got? Well, got a blog, a blog, I guess. <laughs> so, um, blog, 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 blog. Yeah. So, will your carry gun work when you need it to? Is uh, the subject this week? This week's blog. Um, and I started thinking about that. I was uh, reading an article by Greg Elifritz, who's a um, a uh, retired, I guess, uh, law enforcement officer, but he's he's a big trainer now. Uh, he's an author. He's got a book or two out. Um, he writes uh, lots of regular articles. And um, he's got his company is Active Response Training, so that's where he teaches. That's what his website. Uh, if you search that, you'll find his website. And um, I was reading an article on there, and he was talking about um, he had had an experience. He had he had had um, some surgery, and uh, he couldn't carry the gun that he would normally carry the way he would normally carry it for a little while till he healed up. So he was carrying a uh, a smaller J frame revolver. Um, and a little holster, and um, he called it his yard gun because that's the gun that he would normally use when he's out doing yard work. And um, as his yard gun, uh, it gets a little bit sweaty, and, uh, you know, it's in that environment. And um, he would use that, and he'd wipe it down afterwards, but he never really opened it up or did anything with it. And, um, you know, he was using it for a couple of months, then the, the gardening season went away, and he threw it back in the safe and never looked at it. So when he went to use it again as, um, as he was recovering... Um, he was carrying it for a little bit and, uh, he went to the range to use it and the, um, the cylinder would not open. Uh It was stuck. And, uh, he finally played with it for a little bit and he got it open and the, um, the cylinder crane had rusted up from him carrying it around like that. Um, you know, just from the sweat and moisture and stuff like that. And he would wipe down the outside, but he never really opened it up and got inside with it. And, um, the rust had accumulated in there and kind of froze it up. So um, it's interesting because he was carrying that and, you know, he didn't realize it was not going to work had he needed uh, for it to work. And so it got me to thinking about that um, with people now with our growing uh, concealed carry population out here. It's, um, you know, how often do people check their concealed carry guns? And I was thinking, okay, how often do uh, the people shoot the guns, say, that they carry? And because, like, now that I'm teaching these classes, uh, you know, we get people in there for renewals or people that are, um, you know, getting their initial permit. And, you know, at least anecdotally looking at it, a lot of those people don't shoot a whole lot. And I don't want to say a lot, but there's a significant number of them do not shoot regularly. 
And um, I started thinking about that. If you don't shoot your carry gun regularly, then, you know, how often do you look at it? How often do you clean it? Um, do you guys shoot yours? Right? How often do you guys, how, Michael, how often do you shoot yours? Um, you know, uh, I shoot it uh, not as regularly as I'd like, um, but I'll, I definitely shoot it uh, like at shooting socials if someone needs to borrow a Glock 19, something like that. Or, uh, of course, I go to front sight for four days every year. But one thing I do is when I take it out of the holster, and before I take it out of the holster, or after I take it out of the holster, before I put it in my holster, I uh, take the magazine out, look at the magazine, and then do a little, you know, pull the slide back, do a little check. Um, so I'm at least doing that. Um, so I'd say I probably shoot my carry gun, I'm going to say I probably shoot it, you know, five times a year, If you don't, depending on how you count the four days at front sight, if that's one time, you know, then I <laughs> a day shoot is a day. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I shoot it five times, including that one four day time at, at front sight. And then, but again, every single time it's also my, my carry guns, also my nightstand gun. Uh -huh. So, you know, so I pull it out every single day, check the magazine, you know, check to see if the, if it's actually loaded. What, what, they, what do they call those? They call those press checks, right? Yes. Yeah. Well, I started, well, cause I told you my Arizona story. So I, I check mine now pretty much every day too. Uh, Make sure it's really loaded. But uh, Melissa, how often do you shoot yours? Um, mostly at um, shooting socials because I have the M&P Shield 9, so that's really great for women shooters because we have smaller hands. So a lot of people don't have them. They'll have, like, lots of Glocks, but they're like Legos, and they're hard for them to grip. So I let them use that. Okay. Because I'd be curious, actually, for people listening, I'd be curious to see, you know, in general, how, how often our listeners that uh, the carry guns every day shoot theirs. Because I, I shoot mine probably a couple of times a month, you know, three or four times. But but my situation is a little bit different because I'm I'm working RSO shifts and then I'm teaching. So I, I have that opportunity to do it a lot more. Um, the thing I don't do as much as I should do is clean. I was about to say, my the yeah. real question is how often do you yeah, clean that, your carry? Well, and that well, was the next thing. Take him over to his house and put him in the sink. Or <laughs> <laughs> the dishwasher. Uh, well, that was the next thing I, I was thinking about, too. Because, again, and I write about this in the article it's, you know, do you clean the gun? I, I don't clean mine as often as I should, but, um, you know, I carry a Glock 19. I've got two other Glocks that I shoot and I know how the Glocks work in terms of, um, of being impacted by being dirty Clean and, and dirty. Glocks will go a long time. I mean, I, I could shoot a surprising number of rounds through it before it'll start to react to being dirty. And I, I know what that is and I clean it well before that. But again, it's important if you carry guns, you carry other guns, um, you know, CZs or shields or things like that. Um, different guns are more sensitive to that kind of stuff. My 1911 is much more sensitive to being dirty than my Glocks are. So, you know, if you're carrying that gun, you know, it's important to practice that or shoot it regularly. And then it's important to make sure it's it's going to work when you need it to work. All the 1911 people listening just recoiled in disgust. Yeah. How no. dare you suggest? How no, dare you not clean it, it after every shooting? No, or, how uh, dare you suggest that? Uh, <laughs> no, they all ran. Well, you know, the 1911 is. No, they all went in and pulled them out. I would say it wasn't as good because it's such a precision instrument. You have no. to keep it clean. He's back. That's the. Uh, that is true. Every, that's the thing of the 1911. Like every 1911 owner has said to me, "Mine never jams," except. They tell me about how it jammed, but it's not the gun's fault. Well, and I joke about that too. Melissa shoots matches. You know, if you shoot matches, you'll see people. The more tricked out the gun is, the more it malfunctions. And the ones that aren't malfunctioning usually are the Glocks, because I always joke about that. We'll talk about practicing. You know, clearing malfunctions. 
And I'll tell people, yeah, you should know how to do it. I don't get much practice because I shoot a Glock. It doesn't do it that often. But uh, if you Mine shoot matches, either. you'll see people in the middle of the in the middle of the stage, you know, wrestling with this gun because it's doing this or it's doing that. But um, I think if you're carrying the gun, you know, as a carry gun, you should pay attention to that. And you should try to get to the range. I don't know what the number is, but I, you know, I'm guessing maybe monthly at least to throw some rounds through your carry gun. And, um, you know, just pay attention to it and know it because, I mean, your life could depend on it at some point. Which might, maybe we should just throw out some minimum standard. We should probably talk about that, come up with some minimum standards. Talk to some like, experts. How often do you, do you should you, should you, if, you know, I think you should probably clean your, your carry gun, you know, whether you shot it or not, you should clean your carry gun twice a year. Yeah, let, let, let's say you carry your gun for a year, mm-hmm. you know, and you don't shoot it. You don't go to the range at all. You're raising kids and going to your job or whatever. I still think during that year you, sh- you should have cleaned it twice. Well, how often should they l- you look at it? Because I think the looking at it, what you just said, makes better sense. I, I Like I said, every time I – before I put it in my holster and when I take it out of my holster, I check to see what's going on with my gun. Well, mm-hmm. look, that story I just referenced from uh, Greg Elfritz, I mean, he would take that little J-frame revolver out and, you know, he's done. He would wipe it down and look at it. What he didn't think to do was click it open and, look and actually look it. inside and wipe yeah. that part down. And, you know, you could have the same thing on a semi-auto, I guess. You know, not, not obviously not a not a cylinder crane, but um, just a different part in there if you don't actually pull it open and look. Yeah. But um, I suggest you get a bore scope. All right. <laughs> you folks are listening to Gun Owners Radio. Don't go anywhere. Melissa is going to do a case club review oh. in our next segment. Sounds right. delicious. I case know. club? Mm. Right here mm, on yeah. FM 961 AM 1170. The Answer. All right, folks, welcome back to Gun Owners Radio, FM 96.1, AM 1170. The answer. How do you transport your firearms? Maybe a case club gun case is for you. Stick around for Melissa's gear review. But first, check out PRMI Mortgage, primeres.com slash alpine. Are you in the military looking for help for a VA loan? Or if you're looking to buy a refi, or maybe you're considering a reverse mortgage, call our local mortgage guy, that you can trust. Call Chris Wiley at PRMI Mortgage. For nearly 25 years, Chris has been helping local San Diegans with all their mortgage needs. I called him. He said, don't bother. The way you're doing your house payments is fine. Now there's a guy you can trust. Chris Wiley, 619-722-1303, or just go to primeres.com slash alpine. And when you chat with him, thank him for supporting Gun Owners Radio. All right, Melissa, what do you got? Well, today I have... Um, a really cool case for your guns. It's a pistol case. I got this for my birthday. It is by Case Club. It is a three pistol and accessory case. Um, so I'm going to show you this today because this is like the new go-to case for me because I can carry pretty much everything in it. So I'm going to show you this. Okay. You're going to make the case? I'm not. Uh, yeah. I'm going to make the case for the case. Okay. How am I going to do this with, with this yeah, microphone? We, we missed that drum roll. I know. That okay. lock is on there just in case. <laughs> arr, arr, There's going to be all kinds of dad jokes today, apparently. So what's cool about this is, like, it can handle, like, the padlocks, which is great for um, this is how you're supposed to travel um, at that, the airport. Is that lock case hardened? Oh, my God. <laughs> I have two dads right next to me, like, doing dad jokes. So great for traveling, um, for luggage. Um good it has two locks because like when you travel with your firearm through the airport and you check your bag or you check your firearm it has to have two locks and it has it should be two padlocks and you always keep the key with you so that's great 
really sturdy. Is that, is that just lock. in case you lose one? <laughs> this is never going to end. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Let's open this puppy up. So it has room for three firearms. I don't have a third. So, and look at all the magazines that oh. it carries. It's a lot. But in some cases, if you had three, though, you could put a third one in there, right? Yes. Yeah. Just in case. <laughs> Just in case. Just wanna, in case. You want to keep all your magazines in there rather than all over your house because you don't want someone to case the joint. And then steal all your firearms. Right. Uh, I'm looking right at the camera. I'm like. <laughs> no, you're not. You're looking at me. I didn't do it. <laughs> okay. Anyways. Can't put so, a case on me. <laughs> if you notice, these magazines are a little longer because these are my competition mags for my CZ SP01. These ones go all the way down. These ones are the short ones for my um, M&P Shield 9. So little shorties. Now, what's nice, I can customize this. I didn't have to dig out the insert in here for the short ones, and it hits the bottom. These ones I dug out even deeper, and it totally fits them just fine. So I have six easy ones, two for my concealed carry. I can actually show guns this time around. We've already done a clear for these guns anyways. Like I'm I'm next to Joe. He's already looked at these guns. So here it also But just in case. Show clear. There you go. Um it actually accommodates a mounted weapon light. Um so it's thick enough within the case to actually hold that. So is that the foam you have in there? Is that is that the foam that's like is that pre-scored so you can actually um, shape it the way you need it to, or do you just have to cut it out? No, it's pre-cut like this, and this is actually military grade. What is it called? Uh, I can't remember what it's called. Poly polyethylene, and it's a they called it closed cell foam so that you can actually wipe it out. So we it's can not, actually it's not, wipe it's this not porous. out. Closed Correct. cell means Closed it's not cell. Yeah, it doesn't suck But just moisture. in case, can you cut it out to make it fit <laughs> your particular weapon? Oh, my God. I'm going to get this all day long. Okay. Um, I actually made a little spot right here for my um, my up Lula. See, look at this. This is not yours. Because, you know, like you always get your up Lula, your, your speed loader, like, stolen at the range. Not mine because it's pink. Nobody wants to steal a pink one. Everybody wants to steal the the yellow, the black, or whatever. No one wants to steal a pink one. Oh, I'd take pink as, as opposed to not having one. I was so happy when I first discovered that thing. Yeah. It's a <laughs> so lifesaver. just in case, you better lock the case. <laughs> is it waterproof? Um, It could be. Yes, actually it is. This is actually waterproof. It has a seal in here. So, so you could take it to, if you're going to an atoll or maybe some K's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where's well, my where's where's my wah 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 because you guys are just taking this well <laughs> way too far. You got a lot Look at of Rich laughing. He's my <laughs> new best friend. See, you have so much money in that case, you don't want to take a chance of losing it. That's right. That's right. Um, it fits everything. <laughs> I pro my accessories bag, ear pro. This spot right here, I didn't even put it back in, but it holds my electronic ear pro, my grizzly ears in there. So that's really nice. Can this, you keep your makeup case in there? I could. I could. Yeah. yeah. That's nice. Because you carry everything. Every time you bring a case in here, it's got all your gear. It's got your phone. It's got your makeup. It's oh, got your car keys. I right? Not, no. I don't have, like, I don't carry makeup with me. Well, I'm just saying in case you were 
you know, going to go to a. That's true. I would. That's true. A party. Um, you have to be prepared in case. <laughs> just in case, just Dave. In case. Thanks, Dave. Um, egg crate, egg foam. I love this. And what I really like about this is this is the Gen Two case. So the Gen Two case actually case has, closed. Oh my god. <laughs> Oh That's a good one. That was the best of all of them. Okay. So <laughs> Mike's having a good time over here. That was so great. Gen, Gen 2, instead of having plastic hinges or plastic pins, it actually has metal. They re, they've um, reinforced it with stainless steel metal um, pins, so it's a little stronger. It also has these ribs in here to make it a little sturdier as well. Uh, so this case... This case is amazing. It holds so much stuff, and it's and it's well balanced. This handle is actually put in place to balance this case out. So, love how, it. How so long much. have you had it? Uh, like three weeks. So it's really just a briefcase. <laughs> oh my god! That's even better. Y'all, save what's, me. What's the warranty on? Jesus, this? take the wheel. But what's the warranty on this case? It's a lifetime warranty. No matter on this what. Case. I I didn't read the fine print on this case. Well, just in case you dropped it, you know, and, and somebody drove over it. But what's the case cost? In case you didn't know, it was it's ninety seven seventy for the case so with bad. a lifetime warranty. Can you no, get, a, can not you get so a, a Melissa discount on the case? Um, I actually tried to get them to come on the radio with me. So and they're not talking to you. They said they weren't interested in being on. Radio. Coming on to the radio, I'm like, all right, peace out, man. But I'm still going to do a, a review. And what so, are the dimensions of this one? What, the case? Yeah. I don't even, it looks like, it, I don't even know. I, I, it's not a joke. This one's not a joke. I really don't know. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I don't know. It's I'm your guessing, guess is as good as mine. They have a variety of sizes. Like oh, this yeah. Is... You know what's crazy is like they actually make cases for an Uzi, for a CZ Scorpion, for a Desert Eagle, for revolvers. So it's very specific. So they make cases for all sizes, shapes, and forms. Uh-huh. Yep, and like this is not meant for to hold revolvers. They actually have a special case for revolvers. Oh, I thought you had revolvers in there. No, I don't have. Did you see me? I pulled well, them. Well, you actually, you're on the back end. Yeah, I didn't get to see the case. She open. just had the magazines for her revolvers. Oh, well, I thought she said she had a gun in the case. <laughs> I do. <laughs> you didn't see case. me? Well, no. Oh, you my didn't, gosh. You didn't pull it out. Y'all. Well, just in case. Help me. Don't worry about it. We'll, we'll do it another time. Yeah. All right. So you've already opened it once. I oh yeah. Oh, I opened it lots of times for you, Dave. And I didn't show you my guns because you're on the back end of this case. I'm always on the back end yep. of this case. But love this case. Like that I can wipe it out when it gets dusty and dirty at the range. How heavy is it? It's actually I don't know exactly how but heavy can, it is. You can haul it around? Easily. With loaded with three Does it come with a strap? No. Okay. Doesn't come with a strap. You know, if I did this right, I can actually hold, I think it's like 23 mags in this case. 23 mags is a lot. Well. <laughs> My, Michael is like really holding back the, the case jokes <laughs> right now. Good. <laughs> well, he's just making a case yeah. for the fact that that's a good case to own. Yeah. So, um, less than $100. Case. That's really not a bad What's idea. What's that optic on your CZ? Oh, it's a Vortex Venom red dot. Oh, wow. Looks cool. Yeah. Oh, do you have a cover on it? Yeah, I oh. got the cover on oh, it. Okay, there you okay. go. Now it looks like our normal red dot. Right. It looked very space-aged. Yeah. All right. Are they a California company, the people that make this? They're in Anaheim. Oh, okay. That would be California. Yep. 
It's right. California. From the People's right. Republic. Great. Case closed. Case case, case closed. closed. Yeah, case right. closed. Thanks, Dave. So if you want to get your um, case club case, they have tons of cases. They have ones with custom foam that's already cut out for you like this. They have them with um, foam that's not cut out so you can do your own. Will they personalize them for you if you tell them what you have? That I don't know, but we can look on the website. For well, you. I'm sure if you gave them a call and just says, hey, I've got this. I mean, maybe a, a vintage uh, pistol, you know, that wouldn't normally be their normal cut. That's or, true. Or whatever the case may be. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Oh, my god. Well, gosh. I'm just saying, say you're, say you're a, a cowboy shooter and you and you have a, a weapon that, that's not normally, you know, could you have them customize it? I think you mean? can. Because if Michael does it, you know what it would kind of, look like. <laughs> it would all over. Yeah. You know, the You'd have foam all over the front yeah. room and nothing would fit. The max length of a pistol that can go in here, it'll hold eight and five eighths inches. Hmm. That's pretty long. It is. Yep. That's right. that's more than a like a Glock thirty four. That actually is. Oh. What's with the latch there? It looks like it has two little latches. This right here. Yeah. Why does it have two? It's just oh, it's just extra, extra grippy. Yeah, it's just it's just a latch. There's only two latches on here. Man, are they sturdy? They're super they sturdy. They really are. So I can't wait to travel with this because I gotta, you know, I got some trips coming up and I have to bring firearms and I have to declare them. So if this is going to be the case, it's going to go through TSA and luggage, and I'll have to go pick it up at a special place. Um, but this is going to make sure that my like gun a case place. A, ca a case. Yeah, place. all airports have case places. Yeah, yeah, a case place. So I've been made fun of enough today so. with the case. <laughs> um, but if you would like to get your own Case Club case, you just go to caseclub.com and get your own. Is that case sensitive? <laughs> it could no. be. No. No. Lowercase. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Just checking. Because if it's not lowercase. If I had a squirt bottle, I would case. squirt each and every one of you today. And you know what? We would probably appreciate it. Probably case, would. Case Club, it's called. That's the name of the. Mm -hmm. that's it. Case Club. Case Club. C-A. Sounds delicious. C-L-U-B. You have pineapple on your Case Club there. Those are my stickers. I that created comes, those stickers. That comes with it. Yeah. With the case. My uh, pineapple grenade. I don't usually like pineapple on my club. Just my pizza. Yeah, He's one of those, Dave. Do you like do you like pineapple on your pizza? Uh, yeah, I'll do it. There you oh, go. There you go. Best friends forever. That's right. Absolutely, I like pineapple. He's not afraid. Okay. All right. Again, case closed. We're gonna take a quick break. <laughs> Listen to Gun Owners Radio FM ninety six one AM eleven seventy. The answer. All right, folks. Welcome back to Gun Owners Radio FM ninety six one. AM 1170. The answer. Hey, we're proud to partner with the National Concealed Carry Association as a 10-ring partner. NCCA exists to serve the Second Amendment community by providing a nationwide network of 2A advocates. Offers elite self-defense and concealed carry training from the nation's top instructors, providing rock-bottom price on the best selection of gear and accessories. Learn more about them at nationalconcealedcarryassociation.com. And you'll be happy. By the way, I have a red dot on my uh, salt gun. Yeah. Works really, really good. Does it? Took a little practice, though. You, you were the, the, the scourge of the fly oh, population I used to yell. At, I used to yell at the wife when she left the dog, you know, the door open. The, yeah. you know, the flies would come in. But now you just shoot her with the salt gun? No, I just leave the doors open. <laughs> oh. To get the... I'm up to seven. You just got, you're like a, I just have this, 
you just have like like uh, little buckets of honey throughout your house, hoping that. Oh, I never thought of that. <laughs> Don't have any ideas. Awesome. I have an assault gun too. I love it. I Blasted love flies. Don't you love well, it? I don't like having flies in my house. I don't, I don't have either. very many, but when they do, it's like, ooh, get the gun. Yeah, but I, I corral them into the laundry room and then close the doors. And then we, I was trying to shoot them in, as in flight, and I haven't got that good yet. But I have to wait till they land. Is there a particular brand of salt you prefer? Uh, I like <laughs> the salt that comes with it. It's, it's FDA approved. Nice. But man, <laughs> when you hit a fly with that stuff, it just you practice the inflights. So it's like sporting clays. Well, I've tried, and, you know. <laughs> it's true. And then you keep hearing crunching in the laundry room as I'm walking through uh-huh. there. But so you do every- have to keep that canister full though, because if you let it full of salt, low, yeah, it doesn't blow as much sense. You ever told, what about pepper? Could you do pepper in there? I probably could. I never even thought of. I'd that. like to. I'd like to see that. Yeah. I also have a uh, red dot on my Ruger. <laughs> probably not shooting flies with that though. Uh, she won't let me. All right, everybody uh, listening, I want you to uh, go More to your pets, um, you know, either their uh, litter box or their their bird cage or whatever, um, or go over to um, your your stash of fresh fish, unwrap the paper and look at the Union Tribune because I know no one actually reads the Union Tribune oh. anymore. <laughs> it's such garbage, but. Uh, in this case, they did something good. Um, no. This morning in the uh, uh, Sunday edition, they had a uh, you an subscribe. Op-ed. You subscribe to that thing? No, I actually don't. I don't subscribe. No, I but say. I get media alerts on uh, oh, on, on okay. my email, and we helped we helped get this done. This bird cage. Thing. Yeah, the bird. <laughs> yeah. So uh, the first time I held an AR-15, uh, that's the op-ed, and it's by Lauren Hill. Lauren Hill. Oh. Uh, lives here in San Diego, mm-hmm. and she is uh, not Lauren Hill from the Fugees, Melissa. Darn it. Yeah, not that Lauren Hill. Um, Lauren is, uh, she's done a bunch of work for the, um, uh, the uh, oh, geez, the uh, a really good Safari. Group. Yeah, the Safari organization, <laughs> Safari Club. Um, she's been she's very well known. Um, so you're saying Lauren's a little tougher than that reporter from the New York Times that that held an AR for the first time. Yeah, exactly. Who still has like uh, post traumatic? <laughs> yeah, that's the guy. She's uh, she's actually the CEO of Real Camo Girl, which is a community of women who have a passion for the outdoors. And again, I she lives her. here in uh, in San Diego. She lives in Poway, and uh, fantastic, uh, uh, very intelligent woman, and very accomplished uh, hunter and uh, with uh, with guns, very very proficient. And we helped her get an op-ed into the Union Tribune. And they printed it? They printed it. Now, they printed it right next to an anti-gun op-ed. Because, yeah. God forbid, they just let a message I was stand alone. Say, right? yeah. But uh, it's actually very, very interesting. I just want to read a little bit of it, and then let's talk a little bit about it. <laughs> Last month, the Honorable Roger, D., uh, Roger T. Benitez issued a lengthy decision in the U.S. District Court case Miller versus Bonda, de- declaring California's assault weapons laws unconstitutional. While gun rights advocates cheered, others stoked fears of California streets being flooded with so-called, quote-unquote, assault weapons. But as Judge Benitez uh, stated, as, as he stated in his decision, this is an average case about average guns used in average ways for average purposes. I, that quote right there from his decision is, uh, we need to adopt that and put it out there as, as you know, every other sentence. That's extremely important that people know that. Make a T-shirt. Because the, the strategy is to try to ban ARs and AKs and basically any kind of semi-automatic um, is to make it sound dangerous, you know, make it sound exotic or make it sound basically like a machine gun is the idea. 
Um, so I thought that uh, she and I agree that, that that's the best uh, best quote in that whole decision. Um, this is an average case about average guns used in average ways by average uh, for average purposes. Uh, so what exactly is the big deal about assault weapons? The pervasive message in the media is that assault weapons, particularly the popular AR-15, which stands for Armalite Rifle, its original manufacturer, not assault rifle, are deadlier than your average firearm. Exactly what we were just saying. They're make, trying to make the case that it's somehow deadlier, which is kind of ridiculous. Something's either deadly or it's not deadly. Something's either lethal or it's yeah, not lethal. You're right? either partly dead yeah. or you're dead. <laughs> they're, they're just mostly dead, right, from the Princess Bride. Yeah. It's so ridiculous. I mean, you know, it, I, it's it's like being kind of pregnant. <laughs> yeah, it, well, they, I wasn't going to go there. You either are or you're not. Because it's um, a family show. But the idea that the gun is lethal, you know, they're really trying to, you know, as if somehow, it, it's not a bomb. You know, if you're holding a bomb, it might go off. Your and it, car is lethal. Could be, potentially. I just had a friend got killed this morning. Uh, two hours before the show. Jeez, I'm sorry to hear that. Going to work, head-on collision with a drunk. That's horrible. In a car. I mean, could you not say a car? It could be potentially a lethal weapon. But the idea that a gun is, you know, lethal, it, it's lethal to someone who's attacking you. Right. You well, know, it's not like the gun is just going to explode in your hands. Exactly. It's not dangerous, mm-hmm. and you know, it's not a, it's not like a chemical that. It's only if it dangerous gets if it's mishandled. Right, or, you know. Exactly. Like anything. It's not going to explode. And, and Your microwave the... could kill you if you put something metal in it. The reality, it's a semi-automatic rifle that functions just like all semi-automatic rifles. One trigger pull equals one round fired, but estimates conclude that semi-automatic firearms make up at least 50% of all firearms in the United States. Functionally, they are the same as almost all civilian-owned firearms including revolvers, bolt actions, lever actions, and pump actions, one pull of its trigger results in one round fired. Emphasizing the fact that, hey, this this is a, a gun just like any other gun. So, you know, the other side of that is if they're able to ban uh, a gun that's just like any other gun, then what gun can't they ban? You know what I mean? Well, you know what their goal is, all of them. Exactly. Exactly the point. And if they can get their foot in the door... And that's all they're trying to do is just trying to, you know, wedge the door partially open so they can get through. Exactly. Exactly right. The AR-15's popularity among shooting enthusiasts comes from its ability to be modular, fully customizable from top to bottom, including stock length, barrel length, trigger style, all the way down to the firing pin. People afraid of AR-15s will tell you that its adaptability makes it deadlier for a criminal intending to cause harm, but they ignore that this is the very thing that makes it more effective, a more effective self-defense tool for self-protectors of all sizes and statures, particularly women who, on average, are shorter, smaller, and weaker than men. Uh, again, this was written by Lauren Hill, who is a woman. Its lightweight and low recoil make it easy to handle, easier to handle, and its barrel length makes it easier to shoot more accurately than a handgun. Combine these features make it optimal for the defense of my home and my family, particularly in the not-so-far-fetched scenario of multiple invaders. Okay, so before this paragraph, I said, hey, it's just like any other gun, which would raise the question, well, then why can't we ban this and you use any other gun, right? That's the danger. Well, she just spelled it out. Look, this this gun in particular is customizable. You can, you can uh, make it fit whoever you need to. It has low recoil, so it's easy to use. 
Um, uh, it's uh, that's why uh, you can't ban. That's why it's important to not ban this gun. So it functions just like any other gun, which means that if you can ban this, you can ban any gun, which is why we're against the ban. But then again, the other side of that would be, well, if it's like any other gun, then why don't you just use any other gun? We'll ban this one and everybody's happy. No, this gun happens to work really, really well in many, many, many different cases and in many different scenarios when it comes to self-defense and stature of the of the user. Mm-hmm. Very well written. This is my ideal defense tool in a home invasion, which is something we don't talk about nearly enough. I'm actually a big fan of shotguns, um, especially for home defense, but AR-15s are amazing home defense guns. In fact, if you if you look at what the military uses, um, you know, in when they're going house to house in, in a foreign country, it's very very similar and has a lot of the exact same design features um, as the type of semi-automatic firearm we're talking about. The U.S. Department of Def- uh, Justice reports over one million burglaries occur each year with people inside the home. So a million times a year in the United States, one million times a year, someone breaks into a home where the people are home. And those are just reported break-ins. Right. 26% of those people become the victim of a violent crime. So what's 26% of a million? 250,000, about a quarter. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, Having access to the most effective self-defense tool in existence, a firearm, and the easiest style to use, a rifle, gives me the best fighting chance to protect myself and my children. Happens all the time. Happens all the time. My first time, uh, the first time I held an AR-15, I could immediately see its advantages. The collapsible stock meant that it could fit both me and my taller, larger husband without any permanent modifications. That adjustability allows both of us to reach the grip and trigger properly on the same firearm if needed with a single adjustment of the stock. This feature and other cosmetic features prohibited by the California Assault Weapons Control Act allows me to use the firearm more easily and, more importantly, more safely. I thought that was an interesting and important point as well. The fact that we all have you know, people in our lives who aren't the exact same size as, <laughs> that we are. You know, my wife's, uh, you know, I, I'm built very much like a gorilla or perhaps caveman. Um, my wife is built very much like a human woman. And, uh, you know, so I have this, this, this big, broad chest and short arms, and she and I can use the exact same right. AR. Go with gorilla. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, thanks, Dave. That's the nice thing you ever I said. I like gorillas. <laughs> They're so kind. That's sweet. You're That's a sweet. nice gorilla. Oh. I've struggled with finding guns that fit me since most guns are designed for the average man's hand. Proper fit is uh, critical and important for each person to find when, uh, what fits him or her the very best. Anyway, go in the and it goes on. There's actually a few more paragraphs. Thank you so much, Lauren Hill, for a Absolutely. very thoughtful, well-written op-ed. Appreciate you very much. If you're listening, um, go check out the Union Tribune. Go online or take a look at our email later this week and read this op-ed and share it with people. Are you going to put it on the website? Oh yeah, we're going to put it all. That over way, the place. nobody has to subscribe. Exactly. Okay, good. Yeah. All right, folks. Hey, this is. Don't go anywhere because Sam the Gunman is on the other side of the coast and the best of the best is coming up as well mic drop and you can't hear it if you don't listen so stay tuned to kcbq am 1170 in san diego and fm 961 if you're in the la area all right this is gun owners radio fm 961 am 1170 the answer all right folks welcome back to gun owners radio fm 961 
1170. The answer. Well, we live in a state where your self-defense rights are under attack all the time. Let us be your voice to help defend and restore the Second Amendment. Help spread the word about the fight. There's two easy things that you can do. One, like and subscribe to the show on YouTube, Facebook, Spotify, Instagram, the podcast, or whatever way you like to listen to the show. Share the show with as many friends as you can. And thanks for tuning in. And remember, together we will win. All right. So every week we have a very cool uh, contest where if you if you write in and send up send us a, a, a piece of gun trivia, uh, we will ask my nephew Sam the Gunman. And if you can stump my nephew, you're going to get a lifetime of firearms training from Front Sight in Nevada. If you uh, if we use your question on the air, um, then you'll get a hat or a shirt from San Diego County Gun Owners. How cool is that, Sam? You there? Yeah. How are you guys? Good, man. How's uh, how's exotic Oshkosh? Um. Well, we're in uh, Wapaka right now, but um, oh, are you it, in Wapaka? Are you? Well, gee golly. Oh, sure. Say then there now. Hey. Do you get to wear overalls when you're out there? <laughs> um, it's not required, but it is encouraged. It's encouraged. It's encouraged. <laughs> yeah. So Oshkosh is, of course, the big uh, annual uh, air show that you're at, right? Oh. You're going. You're yeah, at the air show. Yeah. yeah, they have an air show in uh, Oshkosh, Wisconsin, every year except last year. But um, I love air shows. Cool. I always want yeah, that's on my bucket list. That's definitely on my bucket list. Do you take? It's the, a great time. Do you take the stick on the on the flight out? Uh, yeah. It. Uh, I I got some uh, got some hours. Did some landings. Um, you know, good experience, good practice. Fantastic. All right, that's enough stalling. Yeah. Let's ask him the question. All right. Okay. Sam, trying to hi, stall. Sam. And Hi, no, pre- hey, no pressure, but I know the answer to this song <laughs> or this story, this question. So, no pressure. Well, yeah, of course you do. You looked at the paper. Well, no, well, no. I, did I look at the paper? No, I, Mike said it, and I went, "Oh, I know what that is." He probably looked at the paper. I did I'll make not. a federal case out okay, of this. Okay, so can I? Because I haven't closed. been here in a while, Sam, and I haven't talked to you in a while. I wanted to ask you really quick: How did the fireworks look from you know above an airplane on Fourth of July? Um, pretty, pretty impressive. Uh, it's, it's always neat seeing a bunch of people shooting off fireworks from the ground, especially when you're watching a professional display. Um, in Virginia, we're not allowed to have the rocket type fireworks. So it's kind of funny to see how many people are shooting them off. Anyway, they drive up to Pennsylvania to get them, but, um, it, it's, uh, it's very scenic. I'm actually showing her video. Yeah, did you on feel like a, uh, a world war two pilot with flack all around you? Eh, not really. Oh. Well, you kind of get the idea of what it was like back in the day. Well, I, I just saw some video that Mike showed me about. I was like, wow, that looks really pretty. Well, I'm glad you had a good time. It looked like a lot of fun. So on with the question. Domingo from San Diego asks, what pistol did John Dillinger use to escape prison? Domingo from uh, San Diego. Thanks for writing in. Um, John Dillinger was, uh, just to give a little bit of background, John Dillinger was one of the famous gangsters of the, uh, the Prohibition area, uh, the Prohibition era, sorry. Um, he, uh, he was well known for his showmanship. It was said that whenever he robbed a bank, at least the people, uh, got their, got their money's worth. He was, he was big into making a whole production out of it. And he famously wasn't a very good shot. 
he had a, uh, a highly customized 1911 that he'd had worked over by a gunsmith. Um, I don't know if this is what he used to escape from prison, but it is the pistol most associated with him. It's uh, in a museum somewhere. I don't remember which one, but he has the foregrip from a Thompson, um, the, the cuts compensator from a Thompson, an extended magazine, and a uh, fully automatic sear. No. Is that what he... No? What is okay, it? so what, what did he use to escape from prison? You must not have watched the movie. I thought you were... I did not. No, you have to... Read it. You're doing okay. it. You got it. All right. Um, I don't read so Believe good. it or not... <laughs> the, believe it or not, when da- Dillinger was holed up in the Lake County Jail, an Indiana jail heralded as nigh unescapable, he managed to break out with nothing more than a piece of dark wood that he carved into the shape of a pistol. What kind of trick question is that? And uh-huh. with it, he tricked in, um, in 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 him in. Intimate, in, in, intimidated. Intimi- okay, that intimidated, intimidated his way past fellow inmates and even 33 individual jail guards, a harrowing escape, which ultimately let him live to see another day. So, so this was a trick question. Sam actually gave a thorough answer to what kind of gun John Dillinger carried. carried, and this his was like some kind gun. of. And he also question. left the wooden gun at the scene of the crime, just to embarrass the police officers. Really? I would like to lodge a complaint. Uh, this was not technically a firearm question. As he was <laughs> that was, that was, that was, You're right. That was, Duly noted. That was somebody looking for a front site membership is what that was. Yeah. But it, right. it's a fun question. Fun story. It is. What's uh, I got a question for you. What is the difference between ghost ring sites and peep sites? Um. I think the distinction is that ghost ring sites use a much larger rear aperture that's supposed to sort of disappear, um, but I haven't heard anyone explicitly say that. That's the difference. I, I just, Peep I sites are small. Ghost rings are, are, are ghost ring sites are, are big. That's really the big difference. Yeah. The idea is that the ghost ring is supposed to pretty much disappear from your field of view, uh, hence ghost ring. Gotcha. Good job. Yeah, not bad, right? All right. All right, man. Well, listen. Enjoy, uh, gosh, gosh. Enjoy the gun or the gun show. Enjoy the uh, the airplane show and uh, uh, take some good pictures and yeah. uh, Post safe travels flying back. Yeah, when are you flying back? No, about a week from now. Oh, you're there for a whole week, huh? So I found out. So what? 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 what what's the? What, what, what do you guys fly over to Lake Michigan, right? Yeah. So correct me if I'm wrong. I just found this out, Dave. They actually fly over land, gain altitude to about about ninety five hundred feet, mm-hmm. and then fly over Lake Michigan because they want enough altitude in case like the engine goes out that mm-hmm. they can still glide all the way into Wisconsin. Oh. Right? Isn't that the deal? Yeah, that's correct. Um, we did uh, ten thousand feet, and being that we're going to the west, um, it'll be an even numbered thousand plus five hundred. If you're flying VFR or an even numbered thousand, if you're flying IFR, so they don't want to crash into Lake Michigan, so they go up to ten thousand feet, so they can just in case because they have enough room to glide and crash. Kind of sobering, crash on the ground. Yeah, exactly. You want to rather crash on the ground? I don't know. I'd do a scully, land in the water. (laughs) He can do it. Anybody can. Yeah. Well, I mean, come on. Look how old that guy was. Yeah. Right. Come on. I have all the confidence in the world. Sam could do it. All right, Sam. Awesome job, man. Thanks for having me on. Have a good night.
Yeah. So the last thing we want to talk about today is uh, San Diego County gun owners, Orange County gun owners, Riverside County gun owners, and San Bernardino County gun owners. This week and for the next few weeks, uh, we are going to uh, make very popular a uh, press release that, are, that we're putting out, the Yes on the Recall campaign. Yes on the Recall campaign. So we've had a lot of people ask us, well, you know, what, what should we do? Who do we vote for? You know, all that other good stuff. We talked about it last week, that if we don't get enough people to vote yes on that recall question, it doesn't matter who else is running. Yeah, that's kind of the more important thing, because a lot of people don't understand. It's just two questions, right? Yeah. The first question is, is should Governor Newsom be recalled? Is that who you're talking about? Yeah. And then if that's a yes, then the second question is, okay, which one of these 80 people would you like to replace? Well, him? you know that's not going to fly, because you heard who they're sending out to help him. Who? Kamala Harris. Oh, great. Seriously, they're packing her bags, and they're sending her out to help him defeat. Uh, oh, the good. I, I hope she hits the street out here and starts talking to people. Well, no, That'd no, be no, great. No, 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 no. She's only going to go to the French uh, laundry. <laughs> no, but seriously, they're actually sending her out there well, to help him get over this. All the more reason, you know, and and personally, I've seen a lot of Republicans arguing over, they're not all Republicans. There's like 42 candidates. They're not all Republicans, but most of them are Republicans. There's at least one Libertarian, Jeff Hewitt. There's mm -hmm. uh uh, three kind of no-name Democrats. Larry Elder. Larry's a Republican. Who the fought rest... to get on the ballot because they weren't going to let him on. Right. The rest are Republican. That's great. But what I'm seeing is people argue over uh, two candidates that are so similar. You know, what you should be doing is spending your time getting more people to show up and vote. Yeah, not, not run. Not trading yeah. votes between two right. people that are already going to vote. You know, make that decision. I'm looking forward to CRPA or NRA or some organization saying hey here's the here's the one or two or ten pro second amendment right. choices but what we're trying to make clear is the best most effective thing you can do right now is get more people to vote yes on the recall so make sure you get every single person the polls have it at a 50 50 chance right now 50 50 so the only reason that we could lose this is that everybody listening right now didn't work hard enough That's all right. you have to do is get five or ten people that weren't going to vote to vote for yes on the recall, so look right. for that. Uh, look for that uh, press release it. and help us get the word out. Well, and realistically too, it's it's kind of less important who gets in there because if you think about it, <clears throat> whoever it is, you know, since we have effectively one party rule out there, I mean, whoever's in the governor's office yeah, isn't going to be able to do too much because of the legislature, and whoever it is is going to have to start seriously thinking about running for you know a year and a half later is the election. Yeah, so I, it's more important to get him out. This is the only election where I'm kind of looking at the field and saying, nah, no, it doesn't really matter. <laughs> just yeah, it just doesn't. what just really matters out. is just getting get him out. getting Newsom out. Well, because the other thing too is if if we don't like going back to what we were talking about in the beginning of the show, if we don't get him out here at this level, we're going to see him again in Washington later. Right. Oh mercy. So oh, he will get more. Him. If he gets and recalled, that's honestly, done. My opinion: none of these candidates are that impressive. I'm sorry, Larry Elder's not that impressive. No. Um, Kevin Faulkner sure as heck isn't that impressive. No. John Cox came on the show. We interviewed him. Not that impressive. Just get get somebody in there, though, because yeah. all of them are way more Caitlin, impressive. Get somebody out. Jenner, either. Well, I like Caitlin. I like him. <laughs> I'd vote for him. He would. All right, folks. This is Gun Owners Radio, FM 96.1, AM 1170. The answer.